Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Did you see it last night? I'm assuming most of you did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, listen, I, I've been in, in the politics game a long time. Many of you have. Many of you have been in this politics game a lot longer than I have. I have to tell you, and I'm not kidding, I think last night's State of the Union address by President Trump is going to be one of those moments where you remember exactly where you were and what you were doing when you heard it. I'm not kidding, folks, and I, 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 I'm not being hyperbolic. Um, I say that in, an, in as much of an objective fashion. You know, listen, I'm a conservative. Everybody knows that. Um, I don't hide that. But I remember where I was for other speeches, too. I mean, Paula, you can vouch for me on this one. I remember where I was when I first heard Barack Obama speak at the Democratic National Convention when they were nominating John Kerry for president. Mm. I remember thinking to myself, that was an amazing speech, and this guy's going to be big trouble for conservatives in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, last night was a tour de force of a speech. Yes, sir. I've got a lot for you today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Oh, man, I'm doing well. But listen, we got so much to get to. Let's let's just go ahead. Go ahead and take it, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. We do. It's loaded today. Now, uh, as as always, I'd like to give you today the... I, I was trying to think of how to frame it because I don't want to be hyperbolic. I don't want to do what the Democrats. Democrats get crazy, fall in love with them. They look like idiots with the sound bites weeks later when everything collapses. I want to give you the real genius of what happened last night in Trump's speech. Some of the things outside of the fantastic overall nature of it. The real genius of the speech last night, some of the things he did, which you may have missed, some of you may have caught mm-hmm. on to, but it was tactically genius too. It wasn't just emotionally uh, engrossing. I, Let's yeah. get right to it. Uh, it was. Yes. There were some things in there I hope you didn't miss, but don't worry. We'll get to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Helix Sleep. I needed it last night. I had to sleep really late. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. I I can't sleep on any other mattress. That's the only downside to Helix Sleep. You'll never go and sleep at a friend's house or at a hotel bed again. You won't want to because you'll beg for your Helix Sleep mattress. They're that good. You a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, you like a plush or a firm bed. With Helix, there's no more guesswork, there's no more confusion, and there's no more generic mattresses made for some other dude or some other woman out there. These are mattresses customized to you. After you take their two-minute sleep quiz, it's rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine, by far the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on. Just go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com, helixsleep.com, slash Dan, take their two-minute sleep quiz, they'll match you to a customized mattress, give you the best sleep of your life. I took the quiz, what was I matched to? The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, nice. The Midnight Lux is a medium firm designed for side sleepers like me. I've been sleeping on it for years, it's perfect for me. Perfect. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. You believe that? They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But you will. No worries. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan today for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Stop sleeping on that old tired mattress. Get a good night's sleep. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, getting right to it. The speech last night has driven the Democrats, their party, the institutional Democrat Party in D.C., the liberal wing of it, the communist wing of it, the moderate wing of it, all of it has driven them into complete madness. You know, I, I retweeted something this morning from a, a guy. I, I, he follows me on Twitter. I just ran into him this morning on Twitter. I saw someone had retweeted him. 
And you know what? Can I, I, I rarely do this. Can I read this? Is this okay? Is this, Paul, is this okay? Do I get the A-OK for me to do this? Um, I didn't plan this as part of the show, but this is a really fantastic tweet. I want to read this to you. Joe, bear with me for a yeah, second. Man. I saw this this morning. This really sums it up. This is a Martin McPhillips on Twitter. He tweeted, a friend of mine had a toast he would offer at the raising of glasses. Confusion to your enemies. Trump has not, has not brought confusion to his enemies. He has brought madness to them. Madness. <laughs> madness. I don't know where madness. that came from at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying Martin it. is total, complete madness, Joe. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've had a theory on this from the start about why Donald Trump has driven the media, liberals, even now moderate Democrats into complete madness. And the reason is this. They are so used to, through the implementation of force with the big three, to steal a Fred Siegel who wrote a great book called Revolt Against the Masses, one of my all-time favorite books. The big three are congressional committees, the media, and academia. And how they use the power of congressional committees to call people up there, leverage the media and academia to basically make their institutional, their ideas, their liberal ideas seem like they're winning the culture war. Like everybody believes men should be in the women's room. Like they said it in academia. Yeah. And look, we're having a study on it. And the media says that's how they do right. it. They do it through the big three, right? Those big three have scared Republicans for so long and Republicans have traditionally backed down when anyone, media, academics, whatever they be, call them racist, misogynist, which is all nonsense. They back down and they're afraid. President Trump doesn't back down. He took it to them and stuck it to the Democrats last night like I have not seen in my 45 years on this planet. I'm not kidding. And the Democrats, think about it. If you're so used to, here's a, can I give you a quick analogy? I'm sorry, I know some people like him, some people hate him, but I think this will matter. I, I, I was a boxer before I was a jujitsu guy and you never want to box with a guy who always lets you win. You know, maybe they're right. in awe of your presence. Yeah. Like, you know, you're sparring with Mike Tyson. You know, Tyson didn't need that. Tyson needed guys who would challenge him in the ring. So he'd be a better fighter. If you're sparring with guys who are constantly letting you win, you're not refining the edge of your skills. You're just not. You're getting up to the point of difficulty and then the guys are letting you win all the time. And when they're letting you win, you forget what it's like to lose and you forget what it's like, Joe, to get punched in the face. Oh, and Donald Trump is about to today deliver not just a punch in the face, but a one, two, three combination that the Democrats just aren't used to because Republicans in the past have just let them win the sparring match every time. And he won't do it. Now. For those of you unfamiliar with boxing, you have one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Jab, cross, hook. Pretty standard combo. Mm -hmm. What's the one, two, three combo? You have an absolute tour de force of a speech last night. Emotional, fact-driven. Laid out his, his, uh, his, his, his presidential resume, what he's done for the American people. It was... Everything you wanted in a speech. What's going to happen today? Today will be acquittal day where the president of the United States is exonerated again for another hoax. Now, you may say we knew about the one-two punch. 
What's number three? Well, right before we got on the air, ladies and gentlemen, today, the ADP jobs report for January was released. Joe, the expectation for the jobs report in January, the expectation yes. was that our economy would add 160,000 jobs. Yeah. The number this morning was an astonishing 291,000 jobs. Oh, yeah. Almost double. Yeah. <laughs> Woe is right. Oh, yes. Almost, believe me, that wouldn't even shock me. Yeah, that's Almost huge. double. Enormous. Yeah. What is President? Huge, tremendous. Yeah. I mean, he's not kidding. That is a one, two, three punch, the likes of which you will rarely see in politics. So now it's not only that... The sparring partner Tyson was working with who was letting him win, and now Tyson's not really getting sharp because he's beating up on a guy who's willingly getting beat up. Now, all of a sudden, the sparring partner turns around, and the sparring partner's like Muhammad Ali likes us and starts kicking the crap out of Tyson. Tyson doesn't know what to do. Reminds me when he fought Evander Holyfield, mm. and Holyfield just wouldn't give in to him. Tyson started chewing on his ear. <laughs> Nobody he didn't know what to do. The Democrats are chewing right now. They don't know what to do. A tactical nuke was dropped on them last night. It's going to be dropped on them again today. And anything left in their, in their ideological village is going to be wiped out by the explosive jobs report that will have to be covered by the mainstream media. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Now, you may say, well, Dan, you know, you're a conservative. You're just putting a shine on this. No, 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 folks. No, 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 no. Diehard leftist Van Jones, who we covered yesterday in the show, former employee of the Obama administration. Even Van Jones, and I've got some Carville stuff later. Remember the Raging Cajun? I got some of that later, too, from MSNBC. But here is Van Jones on CNN. And I want to get, to, I said I'd get to the real genius of the speech last night. Tactical takeaway number one. President Trump's appeal and outreach to black voters last night was nothing like I've ever seen before. The GOP, it is a sin. The lack of outreach we've done to a black community that, in my experience, running for office myself, running in the state with the largest percentage of black Democratic voters, Maryland. In my experience, black voters align, of course, not all stereotypes, positive or negative, are still stereotypes. In my experience, I will tell you, largely aligned through my experience knocking on doors with our conservative values, steep, deep in faith, spirituality, yeah. economic growth, concern for public safety in the communities. These are not white, Asian, Hispanic values. These are American values shared largely by the black community. It is a sin we have failed to crack even 20% of the black vote in a national election. It is a sin. President Trump knows this and listen to Van Jones on CNN last night through President Trump's outreach of the speech. Listen to Van Jones, who is literally, literally warning the Democrats. There's a tidal wave coming ashore. You better get ready. Check this out. You mentioned HBCUs. Our black colleges have been struggling for a long time. A bunch of them have gone under. Uh, he threw a lifeline to them uh, in real life and in, in his budget. He talked about that. He talked about the criminal justice reform. He talked about opportunity zones. This, school choice. He talked about school choice. Issue. Yeah. Listen, wake up. He doesn't have to be effective. Exactly. He has to be yeah, effective yeah, 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 to, yeah, to yeah, move yeah, margins in key states. And, and the yeah. thing about it is, and I think that we, we got to wake up, folks. 
There's a whole bubble thing that goes on. We say, well, he said S-hole nations, therefore all black people are going to hate him forever. That ain't necessarily so. And I think what you're going to see him do is say, you may not like my rhetoric, but look at my results, look at my record to black people. And if he narrow casts that, it's going to be effective, which means as we move through this primary process, we've got to pay a lot more attention both to what's going on with the Latino vote, um, is, is, are we going to get a benefit in terms of you know, having them respond? And with the black vote, is there going to be a split off, for, especially for black male voters? We've got to be clinical about this stuff. We get so emotional about it. That was, a, that was a warning to us, a warning shot across the bow of Democrats that he's going after enough black folks to cause us problems. It's not just the white suburban voters. He's going after black Listen, let me be clear on this, too. For as much as I disagree with a lot of Van Jones's nonsense, especially that dopey comment I covered yesterday about how Iowa, because there's yeah. a lot of white people like that, you we should get. That was just dumb. Van Jones isn't stupid. His analysis of what's going on is absolutely accurate. Folks, don't ever forget, we covered this weeks ago. I know, Joe, you remember it. If a GOP candidate for president, this time obviously it's going to be Donald Trump, were to acquire up to 20% of the black vote, just 20%. The Democrat Party would be done for generations. That is a statistical fact, an algorithmic, tautological certainty. The Democrats cannot win a national election if Republicans and a national vote, the Republican candidate for president, gets 20 plus percent of the black vote. There's no math for them. You would see states like Pennsylvania with large black populations in Philadelphia and some of the cities and some of the suburbs around Philadelphia. You would see Pennsylvania turn in the GOP column with their, what, 27 electoral votes? Overnight, it'd be over. Michigan, large population of black voters. If President Trump pulls 20% of the vote in Detroit, it's over. It's over. And don't you find it comical that the big three, media, academia, congressional committees in unison, Joe. President Trump, such a dope. Yeah. Man, what you're reading? Remember the CNN and your math and your geography and you're lying on them, you dumb rubes, <laughs> stupid Trump. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. hate seeds. I hate that. <laughs> 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 well, who's the dumb one now? <laughs> <laughs> President Trump has go. spent... The weekend on the Super Bowl runs an ad to 148 million Americans who watch the Super Bowl targeting what? Criminal justice reform. Again, not a policy, candidly, I'm a huge fan of. But there's no question, I'm just giving you the numbers, a policy prescription he signed on to, President Trump, that has large support in the black community. That was his ad. Paula, what did I say to you during the Super Bowl when that aired? aired? Did I not look at you and go, genius? She's not, she's not, not, she's ignoring me today because she thinks I'm in a bed. What'd you say? Brilliant. I said, brilliant. See, she's not ignoring. Okay. My fault. My apologies. I did. I turned to her. I said, brilliant. That's exactly what I said. Right. I forgot what I said. Brilliant. He now takes his state of the union address. Real genius of the state of the union address. Point number one. To focus heavily on issues that matter to the black community, knowing the Democrats have no chance and could be generationally wiped out if he can turn the tide and get even 20% of black voters in America to say, you know what? Those GOP guys ain't so bad. Historically low black unemployment, things like school choice, ah, which leads me to video number two. 
Folks, full candor, I'm not going to say who or why or when because I don't want to do that. I don't share personal conversations. But I told someone not that long ago. Well, matter of fact, I addressed it in my interview with President Trump on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. If you go to the interview section, you can listen to it yourself. I brought up to the President of the United States himself that an issue of critical importance to the black community and specifically to adult female black voters is schools. Why? Why? The answer is obvious. Because female black mothers care about their kids like everyone else. It's obvious. It's not hard. This is not complicated. And yet female black voters have to send their kids, sadly, in Baltimore, Detroit, New York, and in other places to crap schools where you know damn well if this was a middle class school, they'd be burning down the state house and nobody seems to care in the Democrat Party. So what does President Trump do last night? Again, under the real headline, real, excuse me, the headline, real genius tactical takeaway point number one, Trump targets the black vote. He specifically highlights the Democrat Pennsylvania governor, Pennsylvania, Joe, a swing state, hmm. right? My, it is correct. I'm not crazy. Okay. Uh, Winking or not, he'll do it in reading and math. He's so, the geography, so stupid. Really so stupid. He brings up a swing state like Pennsylvania with their critical electoral votes, a state he won when no Republican could win it for decades. He brings up the Democratic Pennsylvania governor vetoing a school choice bill. And then he does. This, play this video. Genius, check this out. But Janiah, I have some good news for you because I am pleased to inform you that your long wait is over. I can proudly announce tonight that an opportunity scholarship has become available. It's going to you and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice. Folks, I ran for office, okay? You know that three times. I enjoyed it sometimes. Sometimes I didn't. But I do not speak with forked tongue. Joe, you knew me when we, my first race. I've known Joe a long time. Yeah, man. Gosh, close to a decade now. I met Joe at a radio station when I was running for Senate in Maryland. And he came out and he's like, I don't know what you even said to me, but you're like, I love what you had to say. And you offered to take pictures. Remember, Joseph, Joe has yeah, a lot of well, yeah, Remember mm -hmm. that? He's like, whatever you need me to do, no charge. Yeah, yeah. Joe and I have been friends a long time. And Joe can vouch for me, and so can Paula. I have said for now over 10 years that it is a sin that the GOP doesn't focus more, more on this school choice issue. It happened down here in Florida where our excellent governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, made school choice for everyone, not just for black and Hispanic. There are white families in crappy schools yes. too. But it's a big issue in the black and Hispanic community. Yes, sir. He made school choice a central focus of his Florida campaign for governor and got a historically high number of female black voters to vote for him. And the answer is simple, and it's right in front of your faces. Black, Hispanic, white moms, doesn't matter. Asian moms care about where their kids go to school. This is not complicated. 
brilliant, brilliant move by President Trump last night. For those of you listening on the audio-only version, the family that he just um, uh, pointed out in the, in, the, uh, in the State of the Union address, he had his guests, it was a single black mother and her black daughter. Again, a fact irrelevant to conservatives who don't care about race, but when identity politics becomes the central focus point of Democrat politics, you all Republicans are racist, and it's us fighting for policies that will benefit black mothers like the one President Trump invited as a guest last night and their children whom they love. Kind of makes your talking point look kind of stupid, doesn't it? And then when he points out the fact that the Democrat governor of Pennsylvania is the one getting in the way of this talented young woman and her single mother trying to get an education in the wealthiest country on earth kind of makes your talking point look even dumber, doesn't it? But that's what you are, which is stupid, nonsensical, moronic identity politics garbage, which we're all getting tired of. So again, the real genius of his speech last night, takeaway number one, focusing heavily on black voters, honoring the Tuskegee Airmen hero, promoting him to Brigadier General, Highlighting criminal justice reform. Again, to be fair, because I do facts here and I don't change my position based on anyone. Not a policy I supported, but again, a policy that has majority support in the black community. Politically genius. You're reading and you're mad. We're so stupid. We need to start taking advice from Rick Wilson at CNN. All right. Yeah, let me do this thing. This is important. The real genius of the speech, takeaway number two. I've heard this from insiders too, so forgive me. And they've given me, the people who've told me have given me permission to share. I don't ever share anything without you. You know that if you write me emails and say, keep this quiet, I never repeat it on the air. (laughs) Shout out to that guy who sent me that email yesterday too, by the way, and I responded back to, you know what I'm talking about. But I've heard this from insiders that Nancy Pelosi has a volcanic temper And that she can't control herself anymore. That Trump has driven her to, as I opened up the show with, sheer madness. He's driven. She will never be president. She knows it. And she keeps getting outfoxed by President Trump, a guy she considers to be a moron. I'm telling you what I've been told from insiders. (laughs) Pelosi absolutely believes she is an intellectual heavyweight and that Trump's a lightweight. And she cannot figure out how this lightweight keeps outfoxing her and beating her in a chess game she thinks she's a master at. I've been told this from many, but it's driving her wild. A number of people have told me this. So what does he do last night? I'll walk you through this. Many of you saw it. Some of you may not have. He walks into the chamber to give the speech after Nancy Pelosi disrespectfully ignores the standard opening addressing uh, the president. And she extends a handshake and President Trump turns around and promptly ignores her. Genius. Now, face. <laughs> there are some in the conservative movement. Ignores yeah. her. Completely yeah. ignores the handshake. Leaves what we would call in the streets. Just leaves her hanging. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, listen, when you get this like that, just like you don't got to do like the. Right. Like, oh, I was just combing my just you just got the, you just got wrecked. OK, you just got wrecked. Now, some in the conservative movement I've, I've seen on Twitter. They're like, well, I don't, you know, trying to kind of cover for the president. Like, I don't think he meant to do it. He didn't see it. No, no, he meant it. 
Why why are we covering that? I don't understand. Like, what's the problem? Well, you know, we want to make sure we look like we're taking a moral high ground. Why? Yeah. I don't get, do you not understand the new rules? There is no moral high ground. This woman has accused the president of being a traitor to the United States, impeached him for a fake crime that never happened, and we're supposed to turn around and shake her. I said on Fox and Friends on Sunday, if I was the president of the United States, I wouldn't. No, forget it. Stop trying to, oh, yeah, well, he didn't really mean it. And, you know, because what they're trying to do, which I think is a mistake, is obviously at the end, many of you saw Nancy Pelosi ripped up her copy of the State of the Union. It really was a disgraceful moment. And they're trying to say, well, you know, the the Democrats' defense to that is going to be, well, Trump didn't shake our hands. Folks, this is that stop trying... We're, we're playing under the old rule system where it's like, who's going to take the, there's no moral high ground. There's no taking of the moral high ground. There isn't any. It is a battlefield mentality right now for politics. You're in the trenches in trench warfare. As I said, you don't care if the guy next to you is like, you know, it, it stole a pack of, of, of bazooka gum. Remember bazooka? Five cent oh, yeah. gum. Stole joke. a couple bazookas from the deli on the corner. You just want him to shoot in that direction. We're at war. Fight back. I don't care. We'll talk about your pension for petty thievery later when we get out of the combat zone. We're not trying to take the moral high. There's no moral high ground. It's time to fight back, unlace glove, take glove off, and get in the ring. It's that Rocky Three moment where the where Rocky's fighting Thunderlips. Get my gloves off, man. Get my. We're there right now. Now, you may say, okay, great. You said you'd give us the inside baseball. What was the real genius of that? Well, it relates to what I just told you. Pelosi, Trump knows this, has a volcanic temper and cannot stand, cannot stand to get wrecked, R-E-K-T. So what does he do, Joe? Right at the beginning of the speech, he disses her, leaves her hanging, humiliates her in front of tens of millions of Americans. Good. Yeah. But I don't think he just did it to humiliate her. He's actually been very kind of magnanimous and above board when it comes to stuff like that. He has. I mean, I've seen him, you know, when um when people in Congress have lost people and others, he's, he calls them Democrats or Republicans. I think he did it for a reason. He knew that she wouldn't be able to control herself yeah. throughout the whole speech. And he knew the visuals of her. What was she doing the whole speech, ladies and gentlemen? Mumbling, yeah. bumbling, groaning, bad mouthing the president, looking away, not standing. Uh, when, uh, when, matter of fact, when that that clip we just showed you of the um, of the young woman who got the opportunity yeah. scholarship for school choice, she sat. She sat. The Democrats sat through that. He knew if he got her sufficiently aggravated upon the opening of the speech that for the rest of the speech, the visual imagery America was going to see is an out of control, temper dominated Nancy Pelosi and the visuals were going to be awful. And as I tweeted last night, if optics is a thing and it is, remember what I always tell you, what are politics? Snapshots and sound bites. That's all politics is. He knew the snapshots and the sound bites for the Democrats would be awful. And ladies and gentlemen, we're reading and you're mad for a guy who's so stupid, according to the Democrats, that he can't figure this politics thing out. He absolutely wrecked Pelosi last night. 
icing on the cake, dude. The ripping of the speech. Oh. Was that was that like oh, it lasted the entire the ripping of the speech at the end. What a finale. This is gonna be what she's remembered for. Yeah. Embarrassing. Whoa. So don't forget, takeaway number one. Targeting of the black uh, black vote and Hispanic vote. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Making it a central tenet of speech. Number two, thoroughly pissing off Nancy Pelosi at the beginning of the speech, knowing she wouldn't be able to control herself throughout because she's got a volcanic temper. And he wins again. All the optics of the entire night are Trump reading about how great America is, this great American comeback, this oil renaissance, this production in oil. Our median job in uh, median uh, middle excuse me middle class job growth and what's Pelosi <laughs> groaning and moaning and ripping stuff beautiful <laughs> she got so genius worked. man yes oh really. worked worked baby worked got we nets. haven't used that word in a while yeah. worked that was our standard go to I've been using rec lately yeah. worked is probably better <laughs> all right let me get things we had a lot I got more to get another one again things that may have may have flown out may not have but either way I'm gonna cover it for you all right today's show also brought to you by buddies at GenuCell. I used GenuCell before I go on the air especially last night their immediate effects because I was so tired last night at handy I thought I was gonna pass out I've been up all day the latest trend in skincare is instant results introducing the brand new GenuCell RH from Shamini GenuCell RH delivers next-generation retinol anti-aging effects with zero redness or irritation. Plus, the RH complex provides hyaluronic acid, crucial for superior retinol effects. You ever see Paula? You're like, gosh, she looks like she's 30. See, she's posing right now. You can thank GenuCell. Here's Susan from Tom's River. The GenuCell RH is a game changer. Bags under my eyes are history, and it feels so soft and luxurious. I even use it for redness on my left cheek and on my laugh lines. Thank you, Chamonix. Home run. The new GenuCell RH is leading the industry once again. It makes bags, puffiness, hyperpigmentation, even redness a thing of the past. From now until Valentine's Day, it's free. That's right, free when you order GenuCell jawline treatment. And for results in 12 hours or less, the GenuCell immediate effects is also free with your order. I use that. Go to GenuCell.com and enter Dan30 at checkout. That's Dan, D-A-N, 30 at checkout. Order the jawline treatment now and get the new GenuCell RH and the GenuCell immediate effects absolutely free. Call or go online now. Go to GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and enter Dan30 at checkout. That's GenuCell.com, GenuCell.com, Dan30 checkout for the special offer. You'll love GenuCell. Check it out. Okay. Now, Washington Examiner has a story up as well. I believe it was David Drucker. This will be in the show notes, folks. The show notes are really good today. There's a couple of real winners in there. Please check them out. If you go to Bongino.com slash newsletter, you could subscribe to our newsletter. We'll send you the show notes every day. If not, just go to Bongino.com. It's right there under the podcast thing. But the Washington Examiner had a piece up about President Trump doing exactly what I said, targeting the black and Hispanic vote last night. Uh, David Drucker, a headline, Trump uses State of the Union as part of strategy to break Democratic lock on the black vote. But down there buried in the piece, is another little nugget, because you notice I've been saying to target the black and Hispanic vote. And some of you are probably catching on going, Dan, you haven't said anything he's done to target the Hispanic vote. Oh, no, no, no. Some of you caught it last night. Paula, did I not turn to you either when we saw Juan Guaido, the legitimate president of Venezuela, not like that hack, fake, phony, socialist, uh, murdering thug Maduro, the real president of Venezuela made a surprise appearance last night at the State of the Union from David Drucker's piece. Mr. President, talking to Guaido, Trump said, 
As Guido nodded from the House Gallery, listen to this. Folks, I, I, this is powerful. I wanted to read this person. I could have gotten the clip, but I did this on purpose because I really want to read this because it was one of the most powerful moments I've seen in the State of the Union in a long time. President Trump to Guaido. Please take this message back to your homeland. All Americans are united with the Venezuelan people in their righteous struggle for freedom. Socialism destroys nations. But always remember, freedom unifies the soul. You are damn right, Mr. President. God bless you, man. That was powerful. That, that is something only President Trump can do. He understood last night that having Guaido up there, which may, candidly, in a, while a lot of us are busy, some of you may have, may have missed that. Not missed it, but just not understood the significance of it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's been a mass exodus out of Venezuela due to the murderous thug Maduro, Chavez, and the implementation of socialism. A lot of those Venezuelans headed where? Oh, yeah, to Florida. With your reason and your math. President Trump's just so stupid. He can't figure out that Florida's a swing state. Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans live in Florida. They're really upset that their homeland's been destroyed I'm sure it was all a mistake that Juan Guaido was at the State of the Union last night. You know what they call Doral in Southern Florida? Hmm. They call it Doral Suela. You know why they call it that? Because it's densely populated with Venezuelans. I bet you didn't know that, Democrats. Tactically genius. You have Venezuelans now who've seen their homeland, their once beautiful country, still beautiful, by the way, but wrecked, wrecked by murderous, thug, socialist, animal savages. You now have this freedom fighter in Guaido, the legitimate president, trying to take back power from Maduro, this thug. And the president puts him up at the State of the Union and honors him and tells the Venezuelans, we are there in your struggle for freedom. And Joe, just a quick question, yeah. not a trick. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, who is now the leading frontrunner or one of them for the Democrat nomination, he has claimed to be a socialist before, right? I'm just checking. Now, oh, fact yeah. check me on the spot. I'm not crazy, He's right? claimed to be one of them damn socialists. <laughs> With your reading yeah. and your man. That's right. And your geography and your lines on the map, bunch of credulous rubes. You sure about that? President Trump, he's so stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah, stupid, right. all right. Okay. Stupid enough to win one of the largest electoral college landslides in modern electoral history. He's just so stupid. You think Guaido was there? Now, listen, don't mistake what I'm saying. I believe President Trump deeply cares. Deeply about the freedom of the people of Venezuela. Matter of fact, I don't think I know based on information I'm not privy to share. And it's not anything bad. It's just I don't share personal conversations. But again, I don't want to just give you today. The president's speech was great. I know it was great. I was there. I got emotional during it. That's not going to do you any good. 
I want you to understand exactly what he did from a strategic perspective as well, sometimes divorced from the emotion. Because what you've been told by liberal idiots and media elitists is you're the stupid one, Trump is the stupid one, and they've got a grasp on what America's really thinking, despite the fact that they got worked again last night and they don't even know it. All right, one more. Now, listen, this is one of those moments last night at the State of the Union. You know, guys, Joe, right? You know, I'm not crying, you're crying, right? What, me? Yeah, right. That's no, all. Yeah. Allergies, man. Allergies. You like that? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Allergies. This was one of those moments last night. President Trump is speaking to the spouse of one of our brave military heroes, acknowledging his service overseas. And in the middle of the State of the Union, in something I have never seen before, nobody understands, nobody, again, what you're reading and you're. President Trump's so stupid, he's so dumb that nobody understands the power of visuals like this guy. No one. But the Democrats think he's dumb. They think he's dumb. No one understands the power of the soundbite and the snapshot. Like this president, nobody. In the middle of the State of the Union speech, he brings back onto the, onto the floor in the galley, he brings back this brave patriot soldier who surprises his wife and the wife has to point out to the kids, there's dad. Amazing. Check this out. But Amy, there is one more thing. Tonight we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, That's not me with my red eyes. I'm crying. Come on. I'm crying. Come on. I know. <laughs> yeah, how do dude. you? Uh, folks, I, I got, listen, I got this friend, oh. Brian. He's my friend. He doesn't care for me. He's a retired. We went through the police academy. He's now retired. He he doesn't text me a lot. He doesn't. You know, we talk a lot of him. But he doesn't. And he's interested in politics, but not like I am. I mean, it's my job. He texted me about four or five times that he couldn't believe, like the power of that moment. He was just floored. Floored. But remember, President Trump's the stupid one, right? Nobody understands the power of a snapshot and a soundbite like this president, who loves our military, by the way. You can't fake that. And he doesn't need to because his emotion in welcoming that patriot back was genuine. And now you saw it too. A couple final notes before I get to um, Carville. I really, I Paula's like, you gave me all this stuff. She poor, uh, poor wife's got to put together this whole show. And I barely got through what? We're like, we're not even a quarter of the way through it. I'm sorry. Last night was just one of those moments. I really feel like I owe you the inside baseball. What had, how damaging this one, two, three punch is going to be to the Democrats. Acquittal, huge job numbers, massive speech last night. I'm not sure the Democrats have processed today how bad this really is for them. Couple notes, so we'll get to Carville and some other, James Carville. And this soundbite, you're going to want to watch it. These are Democrats, again, just like Van Jones acknowledging how bad this is. Rush last night, uh, folks, I brought it up on Hannity. Um, I'm, I'll talk about it. Rush Limbaugh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was awarded that last night and actually did the awarding of the medal via the First Lady Melania Trump at the ceremony. 
I've said it over a couple of shows. I said it yesterday. Rush is an icon. He, I would not be here today without Rush Limbaugh. Just, again, a powerful, incredible, I mean, otherworldly type moment where you're like, am I watching this right now? <laughs> is this right? You're like, is this really happening? I mean, a figure who has transcended presidents. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, presidents come and go. Rush Limbaugh doesn't. Rush Limbaugh has been a staple of the American conservative movement for 30 years. I love this president. But maximum he can do is eight. Rush has carried that torch of the conservative movement forever. And the awarding and the placing on the medal around the neck of Limbaugh by our wonderful first lady. Again, a snapshot that just moved the souls of so many conservatives. So again, just our takeaways. Targeting of the black vote last night. Genius. Absolutely wrecking Nancy Pelosi at the beginning of the speech, making sure the optics were going to be terrible with her fussing and moaning the whole time. Genius. Bringing Juan Guaido there. Targeting that Venezuelan, the Spanish vote, and that anti-socialist vote. Cubans and Venezuelans who understand the damage of socialism. Genius. Finally, finding the one figure who pretty much consolidates the entire conservative ecosystem, even some anti-Trumpers who've listened to Rush for years, finding that one figure and awarding him the Presidential Medal of Freedom at the State of the Union. Genius. One last point from this Washington Examiner article. Just in case you're still holding out and you're a Democrat who watches my show, and you're welcome here. I have no animus towards you. You liberals, that's a different story. Just in case you're a Democrat still holding out and going, oh, this one, two, three punch, job numbers, State of the Union, and an acquittal today, it's really not going to be that bad. Let me just put up this Washington Examiner article today. Again, it'll be up at the show notes at Bongino.com. I strongly encourage you to pay attention to by our good friend Paul Bedard. Headline, impeach not. Trump job, job approval, highest yet. <laughs> Half <laughs> say he deserves re-election. Joe. Yeah. Let me just ask you a quick, not a trick again. Certainly, sir. If this article was published this morning yeah. and that poll took some time, do you think those poll numbers were taken before the State of the Union or after? I'm not messing with you. Uh, they, they, yeah, I, yeah, before, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were. They had to be. Of course they were taken yeah. before because polls take time. What am I right. telling you? If elections are based on one person winning more votes than the other. And if half of Americans, half, that's 50% for the liberals who have a trouble with math. If 50% of Americans roughly a week ago, before the acquittal, before the job numbers, and before the tour de force speech last night, if 50% were saying, yeah, the president deserves re-election. And his speech last night and this acquittal gives him a one or 2% bump. Joe, another one. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm throwing a lot of complicated math at you right. today. But if Trump gets 51 or 52% of the vote, think about this for a minute. Take some time. All right. This is tough. Okay. Do you think he will win re-election or not? If you need to no. get Jay's abacus out, you can do I, that too. I, but just take some time. I, 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 think, that he, I, I think that he'd win. And I, I read that and I, I thought about it and I know yeah. it. With your math That's right. and your reading, and, my reading. and your geography, and your Joe would be correct. <laughs> Those poll numbers were taken before the State of the Union. 
Don't worry, Dems. It's going swimmingly for swimmingly. you now. Swimmingly. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> I haven't used that one in a while either. Good one. All right. I got to pay for this. Our final sponsor of the day, and I don't want to get to Carville. Please stay tuned for that. Carville, the raging Cajun man. This guy, no, he's got his finger on the pulse of Democrat politics. He's terrified right now because something happened in Iowa that's not getting a lot of mainstream coverage. All right. Today's show also brought to you by my buddies at My Patriot Supply. Ladies and gentlemen, you insure everything in your life that matters, don't you? Think about it, right? You insure your car. You insure your house. You insure your health. Some of you have eyeglass insurance. Some of you have insurance for your teeth. How do you not have a food insurance plan? That's crazy. Well, when emergencies strike, you see news stories of long lines and people and empty store shelves. We see it every single summer during hurricane season down here in Florida. It's the worst. There's no need to worry now and be part of that chaos and having to deal with those food lines later on. You know what's coming. Use today to prepare. Sadly, some emergency is going to happen at some point in our lifetime. Make a plan. I trust our friends at My Patriot Supply. They are experts in emergency preparedness and have guaranteed two-day delivery for your supply of emergency food. It is the smart thing to do. Disasters don't wait. Don't wait either. This week, you can save an astounding $70 on a two-week emergency food kit. A two-week emergency. Everybody should have one of those. When you go to our special website, preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com, that's preparewithdan.com. My Patriot Supply food kits last up to 25 years in storage. They include breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order a few of them today. I have like eight or 10 of them. I don't even know how many. They're all over my house. <laughs> I'm serious. I buy them too. We could get them for, I'm not even messing with you. And they, you'll receive guaranteed two-day delivery discreetly right to your front door. Take action today so you're ready for what's coming and save $70. Those that know what's coming are preparing now. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Ensure your food supply today. Preparewithdan.com. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Very excited about today's show because the speech was so good. And, you know, so much dour political news. It's good to finally get a win. We've had to deal with Mueller gate, collusion gate, all of these hoaxes, the impeachment hoax, fake whistleblower gate. And to see President Trump so, you know, resoundingly defeat all of this nonsense and come out triumphantly is great. And I'm not the only one saying this. You saw Van Jones before. Here is James Carville, noted Democrat political strategist, nicknamed the Raging Cajun. Here is Carville on MSNBC saying, listen, Democrats, it's panic time. We're in a lot of trouble. And he brings up a point about the Iowa caucus disaster, which we covered yesterday. We'll bring up a little bit again today. Of course, the disaster is that we still don't know who won the Iowa caucus because the Democrats couldn't even manage an app. And then their backup hotline failed. And then they asked people to text pictures of their results, which is so ridiculous. The whole said the central planner Democrats who want to run your health care system entirely collapsed yesterday in a simple caucus, couldn't even report results. But one of the things left out in the analysis and the complete chaos was Joe Voter turnout, which we've been told by the media establishment, voter turnout, Democrats hate Trump. Turnout's going to be incredible. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be record turnout. Going to be people jumping over each other to vote. Eh, turnout wasn't that great. Listen to Carville talk about it. There are other things that worry me. Apparently, the turnout in Iowa was not what I would expect it. Other people would expect it. I, I know the numbers are still coming in, but people are telling me it's more like 2016, 2018. The polling averages are not have not been very good the last 10 days. 
and I've seen some pretty good polls that, that show enthusiasm among Democrats is, is, is not as high as, as we might like it. So there's something with, as people are watching this process that is concerning them. I, I, I do want to take the chance to congratulate Mayor Pete and his staff. That was a remarkable night that they had in Des Moines. But I think they're, they're, this is not going particularly well so far. You don't need to hear it from me. You may say, Dan, I get this email. Why do you put on so many Democrats? Because, folks, is that not what we're doing here? I mean, what do we do? We put on them. No, no. Is that not what we're doing here? Like the purpose of this show, and it's always been the purpose of my show, has been to give you the mental ammunition, as Joe always says, everything you need in an hour, to go out and fight the fight. That's all I'm about. The show was never about the money. It's not, listen, we get paid well. I'm not going to lie to you or spin your wheels. It was never about that. Joe and I did the show for what, three years before we ever sold this commercial? Yeah. I'm not kidding. Go listen to our early library on SoundCloud. Notice there's no commercials. That's because I paid for the show. Right. This show has always been about giving you busy American citizens that work for a living who don't have the time to do this job I've been playing. You don't. You have to go to work. You have to take care of your kids. My goal has always been to give you in an hour the ammunition you need to fight the good fight for freedom and liberty. And that is not a damn campaign sign. I mean, every word of that. If we don't get into the Democrats' heads, then what's the point? This is a prominent, prominent, make no mistake, Democrat strategist who's had his finger on the pulse of the Democrat Party for a very long time saying, we are in real trouble now. This means something. What does it mean? It means turn the heat up now. There you go. I hate cliches, but strike while the iron is super hot. Now's the time. Donate some money to your favorite Republican candidate or the president. Go to your local Republican club and volunteer to go register voters. Go knock on doors for your local congressional candidate or the president. Now's the time to double down because the Democrats right now are weak. I'm not predicting the election. I don't know. This stuff could change overnight. I'm simply suggesting to you right now is the time to, yes, pile on. Impeachment's blown up in their face. The economy is motoring. The president has had a litany of policy successes. Supreme Court justices appointed, federal and appellate, uh, federal appellate and circuit court judges appointed, regulatory reform, an exploding economy, middle class wages rising. This is the time to pile on. And it's also the time to pile on. Because as I've explained to you repeatedly, both on Fox and here on my show, every election, every single election has three lanes to victory. Three. And the best candidate in the best lane, because the lane can be dictated by the larger political circumstances at the time. I'll explain that in a second. The best candidate in the best lane will take the nomination for that party. Those three lanes are the establishment lane, the radical lane, and the outsider lane. Every election has one. Everyone. You tell me an election, I'll tell you who the candidate in each lane was. Donald Trump, of course, it's obvious, in the 2016 election, filled the outsider lane. Now, there's a dynamic here. And I'm again, I'm, you may say, well, wh where are we going with this? I'm trying to tell you why the Democrats right now are in deep, 
deep trouble. They are trying to defeat the president with the best candidate in one of those lanes. Ladies and gentlemen, candidate-wise, the only candidates who will win in their lane are candidates who exemplify what the lane means. If you're the establishment candidate, you damn well better be the safe pick. If you're the radical candidate, then you damn well better be a radical. And if you're an outsider candidate, you damn well better be an outsider. Trump was an outsider, zero doubt. Love him or hate him, there was no disputing that. He was not a political insider, period, full stop. You saying otherwise makes you look like an idiot, not us. Well, what's the problem with the Democrats? The problem with the Democrats is they're tr- they don't know what they want and where what lane they want to go. And the candidates at the head of each lane, pay close attention to this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you I'm not wrong. Self-praise thinks, but this is some good analysis here. I'm telling you. The problem is the Democrats haven't decided what lane they want. And the candidates at the head of each of those lanes don't fit the brand at all. On that first point, the Republican Party clearly in 2016, Joe, had committed to, we've had enough BS. We've tried your Republican tricks for a while. You're going to cut spending, all that. You're not doing any of it. And we want an outsider outside of the swamp who's going to shake things up. They committed to it. After Cruz won Iowa, that was it. It was a landslide after that. It was obvious. The Republicans had committed to the outsider lane. That's where they wanted to go. And President Trump was, in fact, a genuine outsider. A lot of people missed that. Not me. I endorsed Cruz early, and I still lo- I love Ted Cruz a lot. But I realized after Iowa, it was over. They wanted an outsider. The Democrats can't decide what they want, Joe. Two months ago, they were all about, listen, guys, ladies. I know, I've heard it. I still follow them on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you who I follow because they'll block me. They were all about, we have to pick the best candidate mm-hmm. to defeat to Donald Trump. In other words, Joe, we need the safe pick. But that's not where the Democrat Party is, Joe. The passion and the turnout, although albeit rather low, it wasn't low amongst the younger voters and others who support who? Oh, not the safe pick. They support Bernie, Bernie. Mm -hmm. the radical. But then there's a wing of the party like, no, no, we got to toss them all out. And we need an outsider. Let's go with Mayor Pete, who appears to have won the Iowa caucus. We'll probably never know, but they should draw straws at this point. <laughs> Sorry. When Paula laughs. I realize it must be funny because she never laughs at anything I say. She think it was funny? Like some feedback. Straws. Yeah. Iowa. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Nice. Very nice. Good. Well done. So on point number one, the Democrats haven't made a decision, unlike the Republicans of 2016, collectively about what lane is important. But number two, all of the lanes are led by frauds. Mayor Pete is not an outsider. He's a failed mayor of South Bend who's been trying to obtain political office his entire life. Bernie is not, in fact, a radical. He's a multimillionaire who rails against millionaires and billionaires. You are the worst. We don't like millionaires and billionaires. But where's my checkbook? Let me write that million dollar check for my third new home. He's a fraud. He's a total fraud. He's no radical. 
And the safe pick, number three lane, Joe Biden, isn't safe at all. The dude doesn't even know what state he's in. He's like, welcome to Iowa, sir. This is Ohio. Welcome to Canada, sir. This is the United States. He doesn't even know where he is. He doesn't even know what country he's in. He's like, it's great to be in New Hampshire, sir. This is Vermont. Oh, whatever. Same thing. He doesn't even know. Now, you may say you left Warren out. No, no, I didn't. I may have to walk you through this one again, but just play that in the background if you would mind. Here's a little video of uh, taken by the guy, Paul Stringle on Twitter. Was it, you have the. Here's an interesting video. Some guy caught on his iPhone of Elizabeth Warren landing, um, landing in, a, in a plane. And it's fascinating with Warren, what Warren does when she gets off the plane. Again, keep in mind, Warren's supposed to be the radical. Those millionaires are billionaires. I don't do a good Elizabeth Warren imitation. They're the worst. We got to go after them. Green New Deal. Private jets are the worst. Check this out. Yeah, look, this is Paul Zizpula. Forgive me, Paul, if I'm saying your name wrong. Takes this little video. Oh, oh, look. Oh, it's Elizabeth Warren getting off a private jet. She sees someone's recording her. And Joe, you see that? Look what she does. She's ducking behind her staffer. (laughs) She's ducking behind her staffer. This is the greatest thing ever. Polly, you see this? Um, she's duck she, she said, oh, good. They can't. Look, look, oh, see, the staffer doesn't even know. She's, she's hiding. Yeah, she turns her head the other yeah. way like she pretends to be waving. The, she's like, uh, and the cat. This is the, she's a fraud. <laughs> Listen to me. I have no problem with people taking private jets. I've been on them. Not a lot, but I've been on them. It's a great, it's wonderful. Capitalism, people got to build them. People work on them. They maintain them. I love it. It's great. What I have a problem with is this big fraud, just like Bernie Sanders, who claims to be a radical, who's hopping around the country in private jets. And then when you catch her getting off the private jet, she's like, this is her. <laughs> she's, like she's, <laughs> she's ducking and bobbing and weaving. <laughs> she's like, Did they see me? Did they see me? She's like, <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. If you want to see the visuals, youtube.com slash Bongino, you can watch the show. It's embarrassing. She should have got off the private jet. Joe, what do you think Trump would have done when he got off that private jet? Big wave, baby. Yo! Yeah. He come over, shake hands. (laughs) Stop being a phony. Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time to strike. They are weak. They can't decide on a lane. And they can't decide if the candidates at the head of those lanes are genuine or not. And they're not. They are all frauds. All right. I didn't even get to Rand Paul. I'm going to have to get to him. But a couple, just a couple more quick things on this in Iowa. So this was kind of ironic, too. Here's a tweet. Remember the, uh, excuse me, here's a headline in the Daily Caller. Remember Joe Biden? A little Remember, this is supposed to be the safe pick. Yeah. Joe Biden suggests coal miners should learn to code by Peter Hassan, who has a cool book out about uh, technology. Yeah, yeah, this is from December of 2019. Joe Biden, coal miners, go learn to code. And I saw this, this is, uh, uh, I saw this on a tweet today. This is great. Look at this contrasted headline. NBC News, new app meant to speed up recording of caucus results suffered from a coding issue. (laughs) Joe, maybe you should have told that to your Democratic Party friends first. And finally, I'll get to the Rand Paul stuff tomorrow <laughs> in the whistleblower because it's going to require a lot of explanation. Yeah, it's a good cut. And it's a deep, deep story. And Rand Paul is like way, way ahead of his Republican colleagues on a lot of this stuff. So it's really good. But, you know, rarely do you get the chance to own the libs as um, 
successfully as Don Trump Jr. owned the libs yesterday. I mean, again, we've been talking about uh, work, getting worked and getting wrecked completely. Yeah. So here's a tweet by the hapless former Democrat senator. Now we know why she's a former. Remember Eric Claire? Remember the guy? She was taking uh, private jets to stops and then getting on a bus and pretending it was a statewide tour. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. she lost to Josh Hawley. She's a former Democrat senator and uh, still full-time hack. So she tweets out yesterday this genius tweet, uh, which um, uh, she gets totally wrecked on. So there was a picture out of this plane coming back from the Iowa caucus. It was a chartered jet. And President Trump had a lot of his team. You could see Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, good Republicans. And in the back is Ben Carson. Um, uh, of course, a member of the Trump cabinet. You all know Ben Carson. And Claire McCaskill making a racial kind of uh, in intimating and hinting that there's some kind of racial animus here says, one of these things is not like the other. Hint. They made him, talking about Ben Carson, Man. squat in the aisle so he was visible. So for those of you who can't see it, it's just a tweet of the plane taken from the front back. And you can see Ben Carson squatting in the aisle. So what Claire McCaskill, hack former Democrat senator, and again, full-time hack now, she hasn't given that position up, is trying to say is that everybody's so racist. Right. They made the black cabinet members squat in the middle because he didn't even have a seat on the plane. Well, in one of the great moments in Twitter history, Don Trump Jr., I'm not kidding, tweets out this little photo. There's a reason Ben Carson didn't have a seat in the back of the plane, folks. That's because he was sitting in first class <laughs> with the Trump family up front. Oh, oh, <laughs> triple. Dude, we, you have Muttley handy? Uh, yeah, Come on. I think I we, this is at, that's at least a double All Muttley. Right, Come on, God. <laughs> Come on, one more. I got it, brother. There it is. That's, that's at least the double Muttley. At least the double Muttley. It's because Ben Carson was sitting in first class, you numbskull. What do you want him to do? Sit on someone's lap? Jeez. All right, do not miss tomorrow's show. I wanted to get to this Rand Paul stuff, but uh, I will get to it tomorrow. I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't cover it in depth. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. That's youtube.com slash Bongino. Of course, subscriptions are free. It requires no effort on your part other than to subscribe and you can get the video version of the show. And if you want to watch it on your TV and you have Comcast, hit the Xfinity button. You'll see a screen comes up. Apps is over to the right. Just scroll over, hit apps, go to YouTube, and you can watch the show on your TV. We watch it every, every night. I like to see where we went wrong and some of the stuff we can fix. So go check that out. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.